What exactly is a smart home? There's some terminology that we really should discuss. All that really means is you can control something from your phone with an app. We delve more into what we would consider connected homes. That means systems within your home are connected into a single app. Aha. Welcome to the Art of Custom from Hibbs Homes. Sponsored by Pella Window and Doors and Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery. On this episode, Kim talks smart homes with Tony Pratt from The Sound Room here in St. Louis and Darren Egan from Peak Audio and Video in Utah. Then he talks with Lars Johansson with Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery about how you can incorporate these areas into your connected home infrastructure. This podcast is sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors. Pella is the industry leader in innovation and style. Windows have become a key element in home design, and Pella has the product and professionals to guide you to your perfect solution. Pella is cutting edge in energy efficiency, durability, and performance. If you're tired of looking through screens, check out the Pella Integrated Roll Screen that you won't see until you need it. Pella offers the broadest selection of premium products to meet any budget and any design inspiration. Allow Pella to show you what they can do to improve the style and comfort of your home. With Pella's limited lifetime warranty, you won't have to worry about windows and doors again. Call 314-714-0100 to make an appointment or visit our showroom in Chesterfield Valley. You've probably heard the term smart home, and you might wonder what it means. Today, we're going to answer that question with two of the best in the business. Tony Pratt is Director of Builder Relations for the Sound Room in the Greater St. Louis area. And Darren Egan is Account Manager for Peak Audio and Video in Salt Lake City, Utah. And we're fortunate to work with both Tony and Darren in both markets. Guys, thanks a lot for joining us. I appreciate it. Anytime, Kim. You know that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Kim. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, uh, again, this is going to be a good conversation because many of our clients come to us and say, we want a smart home. And so I guess that's where we're going to start, uh, Tony. What exactly is a smart home? Okay, so there's some terminology that we really should discuss. Smart home, all that really means is you can control something from your phone with an app. We delve more into what we would consider connected homes. That means systems within your home are connected into a single app. Aha. All right. There is a big difference. There is a big difference. So when you start thinking... Internet of Things, smart homes, those are just individual little items or systems that have some kind of an app. I mean, you've been to International Builder Show. Mm -hmm. Every item out there, every system out there has an app, but they don't necessarily always talk. So the idea of what we do is you bring a platform in so all those independent little systems that might have nothing to do with each other can communicate and interact with each other in their own little technological ecosystem. So, Darren, I would assume that you agree with Tony that I should stop using the term smart homes and start using the term connected homes. You know, with the Internet technology that we have today available, Tony's exactly right. It it really does come down to being a connected home. Tony, tell me a little bit about the sound room. Okay, so the sound room is the last of the independent retail electronics stores left in St. Louis. We've been around since 1984. We are also one of the largest custom integrators Mm -hmm. 
in the United States. So we are a very unique company here in St. Louis. We have the retail side, we have the custom installation side, and we have the construction side. Plus we have our own service department, you name it. We have about 45 employees. I would say my division, the construction division, will work on anywhere between 400 and 600 connected homes <laughs> a year <laughs> and other you know, various projects for our builder clients and their customers. Darren, tell us more about Peak Audio and Video. So Peak Audio and Video has been around since 2011. We've been in the CE Pro Top 100 since 2013. And that you have to do a pretty good amount of business in order to be part of that, that elite group of installers and integrators. Peak Audio and Video is a, an arm, if you will, of Peak Companies. Peak Companies include Peak Alarm, which has been around since 1969, We've got Peak Audio and Video, again, since 2011, and then we also have Peak Security. It's an armed guard business. So as a whole, we have about 350 employees and growing. Pretty pretty neat company overall to be involved with. Jerry Howe started the company back in 1969, April 1st, 1969. So we just celebrated 52 years in business. And it wasn't a joke, was it? No, not a joke. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tony, as director of builder relations, you are dealing with many different builders in the St. Louis area, Mm -hmm. many of the top production builders as well. So you're a perfect person to ask this question of, where do you start if you're building a home and are thinking about audio and video and smart homes and connected homes? Where do you start? Okay, that's a great question because we have this same question that we ask Every day, it seems. And it really comes down to understanding the individual customer. One, is he tech savvy? Two, is she a DIY person? Three, do they do everything off their phone? Four, do they just have no clue and are looking for guidance? So once you kind of figure out their own personality, you really want to figure out how are they trying to live in the house? How are they trying to ask the home to operate? to suit their lifestyle. Every conversation the homeowner has before they get to us is all about one thing. How's this house going to look? We are the first trade partner that you work with, Kim, that asks the simple question of how are you trying to live Mm -hmm. in the home? No, that's true, for sure. You know, so for us, it's not about how it looks. It's about how it performs. So, once you start asking series of questions and all that, it, it always comes down to the same first step. First thing that matters is the internet. You make sure that your internet is bulletproof. It's all about the Wi-Fi network, speed of the internet, strength of the signal. That is where you have to start. That is our foundation. That is the low voltage, the technology side foundation. This is just as important for us as you pouring that concrete for the house. One of the things that I personally do when I walk the home with the client is I ask them, what do you see this room doing for you? What are your activities in this room? And and we go through every room and it's like, okay, I see myself watching TV. I see myself sitting here with my iPad, watching television or reading information. And I need to have this connectivity, not only through the television. If I'm watching a movie, I want to be able to reference IMDB at the same time. Or if I'm listening to the news, I want to be able to research that news real time. And it seems as if that the media rooms of now and of the future 
I think are going to be a lot more connected, that's the word we're using here, than we have seen ever before. And, you know, Tony is exactly right. If the network is not there, if that infrastructure is not in place, it all breaks down. And, and unfortunately, there are systems that are on the market that promise big returns and big rewards. And you just don't get that sometimes. And it's unfortunate because we've replaced many of those systems. And I've got clients that now sing the praises of these systems that we've put in. And they're my biggest salespeople. So we've learned a couple of things. They're called connected homes, that the infrastructure is extremely important when you're thinking about your connected home and, and how you're going to operate it. Darren, you mentioned off-market. Are a lot of people coming to you asking you about off-market products, or are you finding that they think they can do some of this work themselves? That's the trade-off. You know, Tony's exactly right. We have this situation out there right now that there are a lot of DIY folks. They they think they they see these advertisements for, you know, whatever it might be, brand insert brand name here. And we have this mesh network and we have that mesh network. We've replaced more of those net mesh networks that I care to mention here. And what we do is we try to educate our clients and we say, this is why that system is not working. And this is why it is so important to have the infrastructure in place to give you the performance that you need, because there's nothing worse than, than having a system break down at the house level before it even gets to the street. Tony, I would assume that if the infrastructure is in place, mm -hmm. the size of your connected system then can start small and grow depending upon what you're trying to do with your house. Oh, absolutely. And, and to be honest, depending on what features they're looking for, some of them are best installed after they move in and kind of understand how they are living in the house. You know, a great example is lighting control. You know, unless you are planning on doing a large chunk of lighting control at the very beginning, well, if you just want a little bit to cover your patterns, well, you don't really know what your patterns are until you've spent about, you know, one to three months inside that house. If we are dealing with unlimited budgets all the time, which is the dream, right, then you never have to worry about it. But unfortunately, in today's society, we are always dealing with limited funds, limited budgets, and unlimited wants and needs. So it really comes down to measuring what needs to be done during construction versus what you can do later on and kind of tailoring the system to match the budget and the wants. And then once you figure that out, then, you know, you can expand it for years. Tony, you just brought out that same B word as uh -huh. we introduced in episode seven, which was budget when we were talking about selections. And I think this is one of those areas, Darren, I'll bring you back in, where should a client come into this with a certain percentage of the build cost in mind? Or does the client really not know what this connected home is going to cost until you really sit down and go through their their wants and, and their needs? And then you figure out what the cost is going to be. That's a really good question. I, I will meet with the client at the home during construction right after framing is typical. And the closer right after framing we get, the better off we are. Again, we have these communications about what do you see this room working with you and, and stuff like that. If they want to have a television in a room. That's going to be a more basic setup. There's not a lot of infrastructure that needs to happen there. It, it, there are the basics. But then when you start talking to them about, let's call it automated shades, and let's talk about uh, HVAC control, and let's talk about lighting control, 
as Tony brought up, there, there are so many things that we can expand into, and it is very modular, like he described. The system grows or contracts as the budgets and as wants and needs propagate through this, this communication that we have on site. And so if somebody comes in and says, well, I'm going to spend 10% of the build budget, that may be a little overzealous, you know, a hundred thousand dollars on a, on a million dollar house. That's, that's a little close for some it's, it's a little far away from others. So it's hard to say it's an exact percentage of of what somebody might come into this uh, looking at it by me mentioning a hundred thousand dollars, somebody might scare off and and hit pause or play or stop on your, on your (laughs) uh, podcast at this point. But that's something to to consider at this point, you know, is it, is it a 2%? Is it a 5%? And one of the things we try to do is we try to make sure that when somebody is, is investing this money into their system, they're getting every penny that they possibly can in value. I will bring up that in working with the sound room, you guys are very flexible when it comes to the budget. You can put in a basic, really good infrastructure package that can be expanded out over the years. You can do that for two, three, four thousand dollars Oh, yeah, easy. And yeah, we do it every day. Yeah, exactly. And then you can let the client determine and decide exactly how far they want to expand it now and how far they want to expand it later. Well, and and a lot of times, especially when we're dealing with uh, more of the production style builders, that is a process where here's the wiring that goes into the system. And then as they're getting close to that, you know, close, the move-in date set up, that's when they're coming back and saying, okay, well, we need the stuff now. This is what we want. This is what we're trying to do. Okay, here's the budget for the move-in side. Perfect. Do this, this, and this. You can wait on this. That gets you up and running from day one. You know, so... There's really no time frame on how long they wait, too, before they start expanding the, uh, the systems. Uh, sometimes it's almost immediate. Obsolete. That's a term that I, I know I've heard mm-hmm. regarding um, connected homes, technology, are a lot of, it, it seems like what we were installing five years ago, 10 years ago, is already obsolete. Is that going to change eventually? No. Um, here's why. Technology is designed in itself, just this whole philosophy of technology, to get faster, smarter, cheaper. That's just what it does. So for that to stop and planned obsolescence to go away, that means technology stops. That's never going to happen. So what we have found is really simpler is better. And it really is what is important to you. What can you live with as far as features and what do you really have to have versus what do you don't need? You know, we talk about this all the time about controlling that TV. You know, it used to be we had to have that universe, that programmed remote and you can do everything. Well, now I put a Sonos One in there with Alexa built in. And all I have to do is say, Alexa, turn on the TV. Then I use my little Roku remote or tell the Roku to change the channel. That used to cost me a couple thousand dollars, but now it's $199. That's how technology works. It's designed to constantly evolve. You know, what our conversations are today will be totally different in two years. Because in two years when we're sitting here talking about it, it's, okay, well, let's talk about the non-technology, the non-AV that's on that system. Your refrigerator, your washer-dryer, your hot water heater. Those are all going to be part of the technological ecosystem. So then why would people want to invest in technology now if it's going to be obsolete in two years? Or does it come back to that whole infrastructure? If you've got the infrastructure infrastructure in place, Mm -hmm. you can morph the system as you want to over the years. That's exactly right, because there are certain things that are always going to work the same. Automated locks, Mm -hmm. they're always working the same. 
security systems. They're working the same. All right. It comes down to how much programming does it take. If it's a system that takes a lot of programming because it's new, that is going to be obsolete. Whatever comes in to replace that is going to be a little bit more customer friendly or they can do some of their own programming or it's just not going to have all the features because people don't need them anymore. You know, that, that's what we're seeing. You know, three years ago, programming a voice-controlled house, very difficult. Now, I do hundreds of them every year, and they're simple. It just depends on what the homeowner wants it to do. Darren, we keep using the term infrastructure. We've talked about it quite a bit so far in this conversation. But aren't you still at the mercy of the internet provider one way or another, though, you can put in the best infrastructure in the world. And if you don't have the support by the internet provider, it doesn't do you as much good. To answer that question, yes. In terms of speed and reliability Mm -hmm. for the internet connection itself, yes. That you are at the mercy of whatever internet service provider you're, you're choosing that way. But, and on that same side of the, or on the other side of the coin, if we go into a home that was built in the 2000s, you know, and and that house is wired with category five cable, we can do 4K video distribution over that category five cable. So the infrastructure that was in that home planned way back then with panels and everything to make sure that there was enough wire to, to be running and running a house, uh, we can make it so that if that internet service provider is a gold star provider and they provide this house with a gigabit of, or, of service, we can distribute that throughout the house, video, audio, et cetera, just as long as that infrastructure is in the place. The challenge with internet service providers is that's always changing as well. Their technologies are always increasing. They're having to work with technologies that are, you know, 30, 40 years old that are, you know, we're talking coaxial cable. Yeah, Xfinity is still using coaxial cable. You know, and, and so they're they're working on increasing their performance and they they don't want to have to roll trucks. So they're doing everything they can to make sure that their infrastructure has always been upgraded too. So I think that we're moving together in a, in a better direction for the future. But investing in the infrastructure, I think, is, is where we're looking at here, making sure that that's available to be able to handle whatever that Internet service provider is going to give you in the future. That's where we need to be looking at. That's the focus when you're building a home. Should I be doing all this? Well, let's not just rely on Wi-Fi for everything. Let's build this network. Let's build this infrastructure into the house that can handle this kind of connectivity in the future. Interesting. So, Tony, where do we, where do we end up now, two, three, four, five years from now? Where, where is this industry going to be? Well, I think, especially on the construction side, we are going to evolve from just your low-voltage provider to the builder's technology coordinators. We are going to be sitting down with you eventually saying, don't use this appliance supplier, use that one, here's why. Don't use this lock, use that one, here's why. Don't use this hot water heater, use that one, here's why. That's where it's all going, to be honest, because as everything you start putting in the house needs to be connected to you know, the internet, each other, whatever, is it going to be the builder figuring that out? Or he's, is he going to say, you know what, forget this, I'm bringing in that company, because they do this all day, and they're going to be the ones that help us. Right. And I know how I'm answering that question. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm calling either Tony or Darren and uh, going to let you take care of our clients because you both do an uh, excellent job. And it's been a fun conversation, an interesting conversation. Hopefully our listeners 
have learned something because this is one of the hottest topics when it comes to building a home is what are we going to do with our connected home, our smart home, our audio and video. So Darren and Tony, thank you guys very much. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Kim. This has been great. Anytime, Tim. You know that. Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Count on the experts at Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery to help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in together. Shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to discover stunning products from the comfort of your own home. We want to stay on the same subject of connected homes and talk more about some of the cool features available in appliances. And here to help is Lars Johansson with Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery, also a sponsor of The Art of Custom. And Lars, let's start there. Thank you very much for the sponsorship this year. Great company. We think that there's a lot of synergy between what we're trying to do, and, and we just thank you very much for the sponsorship. Well, thank you very much, Kim. I really appreciate you inviting us to be a part of this. You have been a fantastic partner as a builder and as a customer, and we really enjoy working with Hibbs Homes and the customers that you send our way. So thank you very much. And I might add that Ferguson, uh, you guys have wonderful showrooms across the country. We have listeners from across the country. So, uh, you know, make sure you take time to visit Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery when you have time. So what we're talking about on this episode of The Art of Custom is really smart homes. Now, I learned something a couple of minutes ago when talking with Tony and Darren. Yes, they're smart homes, but I think today more and more people are calling them connected homes. And that's where I want you to jump in and talk about some of the cool things going on with appliances, because I know that there are appliances out there that are really doing things that no one would have ever expected. Yeah. At this point, there is connected technology in almost all appliance categories, from cooking to refrigeration to your dishwasher and your laundry. On the the cooking side, it really enables the homeowner to experiment and supplement their cooking knowledge with the knowledge of world-class chefs around the world. You've got wall ovens that have menu-driven cooking, so you can let it know that it's the holidays and you want to do a beef tenderloin roast. You haven't done one before, but no worries because your oven's going to help you do that perfectly. You You go in, tell it what type of food you want to cook, so that beef tenderloin roast Some of the companies are actually going to show you a picture of what it says its doneness is. So if you select that you want medium rare, you know, it's going to be that nice pink, red, juicy. You know, if you go for well done, it's going to be kind of gray and sad looking. (laughs) Uh, Really just to set up that expectation of what its definition of your doneness is. It's going to do things like clarify what type of dish you're using. So if it's the holidays and you know you're going to have to deal with a lot of dishes, so you go to like a disposable roasting pan, uh, a roast is more likely to scorch in that and the oven knows that. So it's going to recommend that the broiler pan is your best option. But if you tell it you're using a disposable roasting dish, it's actually going to adjust the way its elements heat and the intensity to make sure that you don't in fact scorch your roast. It's going to tell you where to put the temperature probe in and what rack to put it on and Essentially, you put it in, it starts the oven, and it'll ping you when it's done. So in addition to 
being on the oven, these are also connected to your smartphone or a tablet, if you'd like. If you go out to uh, prep something out on the patio, it'll ping your phone and say, hey, your roast is done, come and take it out. Or if you're coming home from the grocery store, you can say, you know, I want to preheat my oven so it's ready when I get home. So it gives you a lot of assist there. On refrigeration, you have the integration of cameras now into some fridges. So back to the grocery store, you're there and do I have asparagus in the fridge? You can pull up your app and look inside your fridge and confirm or uh, realize that you've got to pick it up while you're out. And you can also integrate grocery lists and things like that through your refrigerator. Yeah, some of those essentially put like a tablet on the front of them so mm-hmm. you can build out your grocery list and inventory of the food that you have in there and check it off when you take it out or take a look in there and say, oh, I don't have that anymore. On your dishwasher, you can set it. And again, you have those alerts on your phone, so it'll tell you when the cycle's done. You know, being that so many of them are so quiet, you don't hear it running. So you just get that alert. You're like, oh, it's done. I can unload it now if I want to. or I can come back and get it later. And also the same thing on laundry. You can preset and start your laundry remotely. You can also download extra cycles. You know, if you come back from soccer and kids' clothes are all covered in grass stains, you can get a cycle that's tailored to scrubbing those harder and getting it out for you. And also just future downloads updates the technology with with these all being connected. You have that ability to, to update as the products evolve. In the bathrooms, you're getting more medicine cabinets that have Bluetooth connectivity. So you can uh, connect and have your music play from your medicine cabinet. There are steam systems for your shower that you can get a a tablet and link to your Wi-Fi. So like the actual controller screen for your steam is like an 11-inch TV in your uh, shower. So you can watch Netflix or play Pandora or Spotify. So really brings that entertainment in there and also act as a controller for the steam lights if you want to integrate lights. Lars, do you stay up on the Consumer Electronics Show every year? I I would assume you do. I do, yeah. I try and uh, keep an eye on that. The appliance manufacturers are launching new things every year. Was there one product or anything in particular that really stood out to you this year? So I would say the evolution of the connected menu-driven cooking. Gen Air really refined it and just made it a much more usable interface that allows you to uh, switch back and forth between the touchscreen on the control itself and on your tablet or phone, download additional recipes, and also have that that real-time status of what your food is doing. We've talked about a lot of really cool products out there, but I think the one thing our listeners are probably wondering is, okay, these sound awesome, love to put them in my kitchen, bathroom, wherever. Is it possible with all of these cool items to think that you might be able to purchase them on a budget? It is. So they are integrated in products across the whole spectrum of appliance lines. So you've got the option with like a Whirlpool, more of that entry-level appliance to be able to scan the barcode on your food and it put the cooking instructions directly into your oven or your microwave. You've got the connectivity of your your dishwashers and refrigerators for door open alerts. And then as you continue through the lines, you, you get just evolutions of those additional features. Still a lot of 
great smart technology that was only available in ultra premium products five years ago now coming in your entry price points. That's good news, especially for those who are interested in some sort of smart appliance or, or connected appliance. So it'll be interesting to see where we end up in another five years. But in the meantime, Lars, thank you for your time today. It's always a pleasure working with you and your team in St. Louis and Salt Lake City. And again, I highly encourage anyone who's in a market that has a Ferguson bath kitchen and lighting gallery to check them out awesome partner of ours. And I think you'd be pleasantly surprised if you're building a home or remodeling a home, go check them out. Lars, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Kim. I really appreciate being included. You can learn more about Peak Audio and Video and of course the Sound Room by visiting the show notes. Also there, you can download the guide for smart home technology. I think it would be well worth your visit. As season three of The Art of Custom moves along, we're going to be talking about universal design and aging in place. They're very important topics, really, for more and more of our clients as we're designing their forever homes. And we look forward to having you join us for our next episode. For more information, visit www.artofcustompodcast.com or find us on Facebook as The Art of Custom and on Twitter at Art of Custom Pod. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest episodes, and please rate and review to help us grow. The Art of Custom is produced by Hug Monster Sound with original music by Adam Frick-Ferdine. Thanks for listening.